The following conversation is a very personal one. It's a very, how do I put this, serious subject that I feel that we need to talk about in order to beat the stigma. The following is a conversation with Gary Goldie. In this podcast, we're going to be covering everything from anxiety to depression to suicide. So I really appreciate you guys watching this. I know it's a bit of a, a heavy one. My name is Harrison, and seriously, I hope this helps. Almost 6,000 people die a year in the UK of suicide. That's 115 people a week, and over 75% of them are male. I just wanted to start this podcast with that kind of rather harrowing fact to underline to people how serious this is. Um, but I suppose to get a, a full picture of, of this kind of journey and how you got into the, the charity of Brothers in Arms, where did this start for you? How did you start on this kind of mental health journey? How did you identify that your own mental health was in decline and needed a bit of help? Yeah. Um, I suppose in terms of when you're asking, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. Fantastic. And thank you for helping us spread the word of Brothers in Arms, which largely we're here to talk about. Um, I think uh, my job as a personal trainer has meant that people's mental health has been kind of at the forefront of 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 my job for a long time. Um, my personal story in terms of my own mental health my own mental health has been reasonably good throughout my life um, and it's been largely my job to help people stay in a positive frame of mind and things like that, which hopefully we'll delve into um, as the podcast goes on. But certainly, um, you know, I, I where I became most involved with Brothers in Arms and what's continued my involvement was, was lockdowns and uh, my, my income being really at threat mm -hmm. and you know my place in the community disappearing because of the isolation that we experienced during the lockdowns so that was certainly for me my most challenging uh my most challenging time you know uh and what made me think okay i need to check in with myself and i need to look at avenues where i can maintain my mental health and for me it's a large one it's, it's a big one going back to and this is this can sometimes be something that you have to you know check yourself with is sort of being the helper too much you know mm. sometimes you know we all need to just sort of reach out and ask for help sometimes and and check in with ourselves so certainly that's where brothers in arms i've been i've been and very often i'm an active user of the brothers in arms app and check in, you know, to see how I'm doing with that, and and have outletted various uh, things through through the app. So I think it's important, you know, for me as a advocate for Brothers in Arms and somebody who represents Brothers in Arms to uh, to be actively involved in our own app, you know. And you kind of you you mentioned lockdown there, which I'm sure for many people was. A really quite a horrible time because you lost so many basic aspects of life you lost the socialization the personalization the just yeah. the casual bumping into people in the street and for lots of people that would be the cause of the onset of some of these mental health conditions i mean we saw a huge spike in anxiety 
after lockdown because yeah. people didn't really know how to socialize anymore yeah. what do you think are the kind of identifiers of someone that's maybe beginning to struggle with those yeah. mental implications yeah that's it i think that's it's a really good thing to point out so recently brothers in arms have joined up with the scottish violence reduction unit and an old school friend of mine kirsty giles um is one of the project managers there and training that we've developed with um recently with barbers and hairstylists and what we've been looking at is exactly what you're just asking what are the signs that i can look out for with a friend a work colleague a family member things like that that would that would signal to me that that person needs some sort of help or some sort of Inter- not an intervention that sounds maybe a bit drastic but it might be it might be an intervention or just to talk so <clears throat> things like <clears throat> and it might seem obvious but you know things like personal hygiene you know mm. if a person who generally is quite well turned out all of a sudden is not really looking after themselves um then that's that's maybe one thing um i know certainly for me I've got a WhatsApp group of friends and uh, if someone becomes quite quiet in the group, mm. you know, I kind of go, okay, this, this is, this is a wee, maybe a wee signal that they're not, they're not doing so well. Um, and so, you know, a wee, a wee quiet message, you know, cause we're all in so many WhatsApp groups and we're all kind of like involved with a lot of different things, but you know, just, just be aware, you know, like within a group of however many, you know, a dozen or more, you know, one person can become isolated and it's just, it could be just a wee sign that, you know, maybe they just need a wee, a wee side message just to be like, Hey, how are you doing? Mm. Getting on. Okay. Um, giving up on things that you're aware they used to enjoy a person used to enjoy you know um if they were part of a club or they had a hobby that they've kind of given up on or they're 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 just no longer interested in losing interest in 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 all things you know Mm. so whatever it might be you know you become sort of apathetic to, to 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 most things you know and so suggestions are just kind of nah i'm not interested in that or whatever you know dismissive kind of yeah absolutely you know look you know um and i think it's especially with um men of a certain age where the mindset can just be like oh well i'm getting older and so now i just don't do the things i used to do and i don't even i mean you know alcohol and drugs are a huge uh have a huge implication on your mental health but Mm. Going to the pub can be very, very good for your mental health hmm. because you have that sense of community, because you're seeing familiar faces, you have a laugh, you're relaxed, you know. Um, so, so you know, it might be a person who whose face was at the pub and is no longer. And, hmm. you know, they're now sitting at home, you know, with a bottle of wine and they're just isolating themselves. And so... You know, looking around and being aware of, you know, things that were previously normal to that person that they no longer participate in or do or behaviours that seemed quite positive that they no longer engage in, Hmm. those kind of things. And and I don't think we can talk about it. I don't think we can say it enough. I don't think we can talk about it enough because it's, you know, when we think about personal stories of, of... men taking their own lives 
that we've heard at Brothers in Arms, they'll say, oh, do you know, man, now that I think about it, it was really obvious. Mm. Like, he totally, like, you know, he used to be, like, so into his music and he just then just totally was, like, not. And, or, oh, you know, he used to always come out to this thing or that thing and he just stopped. And, you know, so it, it may seem obvious as we just talk about it and we just say it, but we hear, you know, personal stories that, that are shared with us at Brothers in Arms of, Oh, it was if I just asked if I just asked him to come to this thing, or if I just mm. had <clears throat> if I just had half an hour to go out a walk with that person or whatever, you know, we have actually a really specific um, person, young person who took their lives uh, last year, and you know one of the one of the last messages that he sent was to some friends to say, hey, anybody up for coming a walk, and no one was available, you know, and that's not a that's not a, a slight on them or anything. But the outcome of the outcome of that day was that that person jumped off the Erskine Bridge, you know, and what we try to what we are part of the the training uh, that we've that we've developed with barbers is helping them understand that you. So let's just quickly delve into um, why we decided to do a barber's training or hairstylist training. There was research done that said men, uh, men who were surveyed, 75% of those men who replied to the survey said that they would rather speak to their hairstylist or barber about a mental health issue than they would their GP. Hmm. So we said, okay, there's there's a lot of potential here. Let's look at a training. Um, and, and that's why we developed that. Part of the training that we've developed is helping barbers hairstylists understand someone might disclose to you that they're feeling really down someone might disclose to you that they are struggling someone might disclose to you that they actually have thought about killing themselves that they have a plan to kill themselves hmm. there are lots of things that you can do to signpost that person to help there are lots of things that you can do personally to just reach in hmm. and say fuck, do you know what? Like, see if you didn't come and get your hair cut with me, I'd be really sad. If you were not here and you died and you'd taken your own life, I would be really sad about that. And that that could be enough to make a person change their mind. Yeah. Um, but what we are really trying to, to hammer home is because someone discloses to you that they're having a problem with their mental health and they are, you know, possibly quite far along that journey in terms of self-harm, in terms of, taking their own lives just because the person shares that with you that doesn't mean that that person becomes your responsibility mm. you are not responsible for someone else's actions whilst it may feel like I should have done more I should have acted I should have taken action what we want to do is come to a place where people are comfortable actually hearing about other people's mental health mm. and hearing about you know this you know it's great it's okay not to be okay. But we can all say it's okay not to be okay. Can we sit with a person who's not okay mm. and feel okay about that ourselves? To sit and hear somebody saying, well, I feel like there's no point in me being here anymore. Well, I, I just feel like I don't have any purpose in life. I feel like if I wasn't here, no one would miss me. How do we feel about hearing that? Is is the big, the big thing? And how do we react? We react to it. How do we react? That's what we're trying to put into this training, mm -hmm. to be able to say to folk, 
Well, when someone, if someone discloses that to you, honestly, normally, honesty is the best thing. Hmm. To just be like, fuck, man, that's really heavy. And that's, that's, that makes me feel sad that you feel that way. And I, I, I would be, I would be upset if you weren't here anymore because hmm. I love talking to you and I think you're interesting and I think the things that you tell me are interesting. This is an example of a conversation. This is not the definitive answer. Yeah. You know? Um, but what we're really trying, as I say, to do through that training is to, you know, a lot of mental health intervention begins when a man reaches out. Mm-hmm. And what we discussed just before the podcast started was it's about being able to be there way before a person hits a crisis. Mm-hmm. Being there way before a person goes, Fuck, do you know what? Right, that's me. I'm at, I'm I'm at my, f- you know, I'm a, I'm I'm on my final straw. I'm I'm ready to you know take pills. I'm ready to jump off a bit. I'm ready to just you know I just don't want to be here anymore. We need intervention way before that, you know, and we we need people to be able to be okay to go. Oh yeah, I mean. You're telling me this. That's that sounds like you're really down at the moment. Sounds like you're having a really hard time at the moment. Instead of going, oh, that's brutal, man, and just move away from it. Yeah. Because that's often the reaction. Because it makes us feel scared. Yeah. It makes us feel uncomfortable to hear somebody to hear somebody start to go down that road. Yeah. And what we're trying to get with the barbers and 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 you know hopefully this training will develop and it will go into all different industries but certainly at the front line with barbers and hair uh, hairstylists we're saying find a way to be okay hearing people not be okay to, to let them give them a space if you can be the person who gives them a space who doesn't shut them down when they try to tell you something difficult then that's a huge gift to give to someone who may be really, really struggling with their mental health. And you've described this kind of deterioration process almost of someone that's beginning that cycle all the way until unfortunately sometimes the, the, the end of that cycle. How can someone identify that they are beginning that cycle of a, a, a downward spiral, so to speak? Because I, I like to describe it as sometimes, you know, clouds, it's like weather, clouds come and go. Absolutely, um, however, sometimes it's not yeah. Um, sometimes it's more deep than that how would someone identify that do you think yeah so much like watching out for someone else mm. you know what we try to do at Brothers in Arms is encourage you to look out for yourself mm. you know we talk about the gym and how it wasn't normal for everybody to have a gym membership and go to the gym two, three, four, however many times a week you know if we go back 40, 50 years ago you know when, when gyms first started to show up uh, and it's now completely normal. Hmm. You know, we on the Brothers in Arms app, we have um, it's it's a mood checker, and we've got there's twelve questions there. How do you feel? How have your interactions been? How are your relationships? Um, word associations. You know, how are you feeling? Are you able to, you know, get over challenges? Are you able to face challenges? Are you avoiding things? You know, and after those twelve questions, it says. You look, you, based on your answers, you seem to be doing very well today. You should do some maintenance work for your mental health to stay in this position. You know, so it might be meditation, it might be guided breathing, it might be um, playing some sport, it might be going to run, it might be, you know, doing whatever it is that you, that you do to maintain your mental health. 
Um, so until we start using those tools, then it's always going to be a bit harder for us to identify, you know? Mm. Um, but, you know, things that, that reactions that you don't acknowledge, you know, if mm. you have a disagreement with your partner and that leads you to then going on, like, you know, then you go, ah, F this, and you go and you have like a, you know, a mad bender, mm. you know, and you drink loads of alcohol and you maybe take some drugs and you do whatever. You've, you, you've, you've reacted to a situation which, sadly, is most likely to make you feel worse in the end. Yeah. You know, because of, because of, the effects of drugs, the effects of alcohol, mm. you are very unlikely to feel better after that kind of reaction. Yeah. So it's 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 trying to get people to understand in the kind of phrase that we use is like checking in, doing things for your mental health is like gym for the mind. Yeah. You know, you have to do it. And those who have been fortunate enough to exercise regularly enough to really feel the benefits of it also feel the downside when they don't exercise, mm -hmm. you know? So it's about getting people to that point of recognizing, do you know what? I'm not doing brilliantly in terms of my relationships right now. I'm not doing brilliantly in terms of how I'm dealing with situations that are occurring in my life. And I need, you know, I need to be able to tackle them, you know. The culture in the UK, you mentioned drugs and alcohol there. And I've been very fortunate in my life that I've been able to travel around the world, so to speak, in, from, for, for my job. The culture in the UK, from what I can see, is very toxic in terms of th there's a huge drinking culture, which subsequently in this, the, the kind of stats are backed up by this, is turning into a drug culture. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's having an impact on how many people are suffering with mental illness? I think it's especially prevalent in, in younger people, hmm. you know, uh, in younger, younger people who are, you know, probably going through chemical changes in their brain anyway. And then you throw alcohol into the mix. Mm. Then you throw cocaine into the mix. Uh, whatever else, maybe, you know, God, to be honest, you know, whatever other legal highs and other yeah. stuff that I, I don't have much knowledge of, you know. Mm. Uh, but when you throw that into the mix, you really, really have to understand. Certainly, I, I always try to, you know, if we were going to festivals or we're going lads weekends away, stag, those things like that, it's like, you you really have to you really have to get people to understand that if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna participate in drinking and drug taking and whatever else, all of these things spike your the, the chemicals in your brain, dopamine, etc. They they they're spiked and so you're flooded with these great chemicals, mm. you know. But what happens is there's 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 the downside to that. That's your come down, you know, and your 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 hangovers, and and you have to if you're going to step into that, you have to understand that there's a downside. What you also have to, to kind of understand, especially for younger people, is that that passes. You know, I think suicides are most prevalent on like a Tuesday. Male suicide is highest on a Tuesday. Mm. You know. Um, and that's because people have had mad, we, very, very often it's because people have had big weekends, 
Monday they've gotten through. Tuesday they've hit the the worst of whatever we want to call it, the fear, you know, yeah. anxiety, whatever. And they just go, oh, I can't deal with this. And and, and, and they, they take their own lives. They make an irreversible decision, you know. Mm. Um, there's some, there, there's huge research around, um, you know, suicide and males who, who attempt suicide uh, and unfortunately enough don't succeed Um it's lower than 5% who ever try to, to commit suicide again or mm-hmm. try to take their own lives again, which shows that actually, you know, these, these people are, they, they, they don't want to not be here. It's that the, the situation they find themselves in at that point is just so unbearable mm-hmm. that, that they make what I call that reversible decision, irreversible decision, you know? And that irreversible decision just has so, so many, um, you know, implications to everybody around and you know again you know comes back to the whole people would rather listen to your shit for half an hour than be at your funeral you know they would rather you know drive whatever uh th- th- than than turn up at your funeral you know so it's uh it's it's understanding that if you are you know if you're young Go out and enjoy yourself, man. Like we've all done it. We've all been there. We've been out drinking. We've been taking drugs. We've you know partied. We've whatever. But I feel like certainly, anecdotally, young people that I speak to are not getting their head around the fact that you know, with an up, there's a down. Yeah. And you have to get through that, and things do come back to to normal. But in the world of in the world where we are going down a road where we believe that everybody's life's just amazing all the time. Mm. When we are having a shit time on a Tuesday, Wednesday through the week and, you know, we've got bills to pay and we've got debts and we've got this and we've got that, it's very easy to feel like I'm I'm not doing good in life, I'm not doing well and that's when these negative thoughts begin, mm. you know? And there's there's so many questions that I wanted to ask you off the back of that, but I think that fundamentally the people that that are depressed or have anxiety they want to feel normal again they want to get those dopamine levels back to normal and this is why they maybe begin that binge or begin that drug spiral now if you take mdma or ecstasy which is the common festival drug it's three to six months to your brain to return to the normal levels it's a long it's a long fucking time absolutely man. right and, absolutely and people will get a month in and think oh my god i've felt crap for a month yeah, it can't yeah. be the come down anymore but actually yeah. these chemicals that you're putting into your body listen it, as you say everyone's done them at one point a drug or drank yeah. it's great the vast vast majority of people have absolutely yeah and the best it's, and it's we need understanding to talk about it we need to talk about it we need to be able to <coughs> be okay talking about it because yeah. if we don't then people die yeah yeah and i remember the first time i ever went to the doctors um to talk about mental health she asked me, is there been any alcohol consumptions or drugs? It was just alcohol consumption, but I wouldn't tell her that. Mm-hmm. For some yeah. reason or the yeah. other, I felt this yeah. huge block up of telling her that at 16 yeah. years old or 17 years old, I drank alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do you think it is that men specifically, not just men, but but the majority of men have this kind of stigma around talking to each other, talking yeah. to loved ones or talking to friends? Yeah. So this is this is hard hitting and this is this is really sad because the research is that it's not about disconnection, it's not about whatever, it's that men feel ashamed. And you've just described it just Mm. there. 
You were ashamed to sit in front of that doctor and say, yeah, it, it might have something to do with alcohol. Mm. You know? Um, it's it's the shame. So it's, it's the shame associated with admitting. Yeah? And it's also, um, a lot of the time, it's also that men don't feel that they are worthy of being helped. They feel that it's their own responsibility to pull their socks up, to sort their own shit out, to to, to get in a place where they're okay. Association with, well, if I'm drinking, I don't deserve the help. If I'm taking drugs, I don't deserve the help because I'm doing something that's detrimental. Mm. What's what, what's behind that and what's the root cause of that is very, very hard to get to often. But it's it, you know, men are men are telling therapists, men are saying, I, I don't think that I, I I'm worthy of being helped or I don't think I'm worthy of being made better. Mm. You know, which is which is horrendous, you know, because guys will do a lot for their friends, their family, their this, their that. They'll reach out and help others, but they don't. They don't see themselves as being worthy of help, which, which, which is just so sad. That's why men are not reaching out to get help because it's like, well, I don't deserve it. Do you think that social media has a part to play, especially in youngsters? The part of my work is on social media, uh, photography and videography. And the comparison that you get on social media, especially for younger women and, and guys comparing themselves to fake stuff is absolutely huge. Do you think that that's played a role in people's mental health? I So in this debate, I consider myself to be an old person. And I'll explain that in that I probably belong to the last generation who grew up and they didn't have a smartphone immediately. They didn't have continuous access to the internet. They didn't have continuous access to the view of, to, to be able to view other people's lives, mm. both close to home and all across the world, you know? So we only had people in our schools to compare ourselves to. We only had people down the street to compare ourselves to. We only had whatever. When you now look at... Endless. You know? Yeah continuous endless streams of people who have who have huge resources to be able to make themselves look fantastic come across as fantastic come across as super happy wealthy successful whatever it is it, it, it's not really that surprising is it that mm. people go oh, my life's quite shit mm. you know my life's not as great, as glamorous, as good as 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 these people, you know. Mm. Um, so so absolutely, I think that it's it's hard for somebody who, uh, you know, grew up in a time before you had, you know, just just everything at your fingertips, and you know, how, how do we solve it? What do, you know, how do we get through to young people to let them know that, um, we, we say it again, it's like, you, we hear people saying things, but what, what does it actually mean? What's actually behind that? You know? And it's like, oh, well, it's not real. What's on Instagram is not real. Well, it looks pretty real to them. 
that mm-hmm. a person's that a person who's 19 years old is driving a bloody Merc G wagon and they've got a yeah. 20 grand w- watch on their wrist and they've got this and they've got that and blah blah blah, and so so what's actually behind that? You know that that comment of it's not real. Well, what I think is that okay, this person may have a fantastic watch, a fancy car, a go on amazing holidays, but the part about it is that that person feels sad sometimes. Mm. That person feels anxiety at times. That person feels down. You know, that that's that's the whole picture. Mm. Just because they have these material things, it doesn't mean that they never experience sadness they never experience anxiety they never experience whatever you know and if we go another step further which is probably another conversation when you're so young and you have so much of these things that you've not had to grind and work for there's a negative effect in that as well we need to pause this episode of the podcast to bring to you a word from our sponsors chisholm hunter are the sponsors of this podcast and chisholm hunter are a luxury diamond and jewelry retailer and also they have luxury watches they have brands like tudor omega and vacheron constantin just to name a couple all the jewelry that i have on at the moment including this chain this ring this bracelet it's all from chisholm hunter and to be honest guys i could not think of a better partner a better sponsor for this podcast than chisholm hunter i think that it's it's about digging a wee bit deeper into what's behind the whole social media situation because you know just just small buzz phrases that may or may not mean something to a young person uh, i don't think are all that helpful you know so um people might present as having everything you know and Mm. fantastic lifestyles and material goods and fancy fantastic holidays and etc etc but what what is never shown on these profiles is that that person may have all of these things but that person still experiences sadness Mm. that person still experiences feelings of inferiority feelings of anxiety you know but when that's never presented, what we're making young people believe is that they have to be happy, they have to be high on a on a high level all the time, which is just nonsense. The 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 football manager Ange Postecoglou um, is is doing some really uh, great stuff, but he talked about the footballer Richarlison, who recently came out to talk about the fact that he's been having some mental health challenges and difficulties. And he said, it's fine to talk about that one specific example because he's spoken out, Mm. but don't think that that's not the same for all the other players in the team. Mm. They're all, they might be fantastic footballers. They may be very wealthy. They might not have the worry about paying their bills at the end of the month, but they are are still human beings. They still Mm. have highs, lows, Challenges at home with their relationships, challenges with family, all these sorts. So, 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 just remember, just remember, just remind yourself that whilst somebody presents, you know, they're 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 real, mm. they're highlight real. It's not their real life twenty four seven. You know, uh, you, you said something quite interesting um, off camera, and and I, I totally understand it i think I, I totally believe it is that kind of like, like if if somebody has everything they don't have a purpose in life 
And I think a lot of what drives successful people is a purpose, whether that's building a business, building a podcast, building a YouTube yeah. channel, what, like whatever you want to do, you need a purpose. But if you've been handed everything, you kind of have a lack of purpose. So your purpose then becomes, oh, let's show everyone what I've got and how good a life I'm living. Yeah. When in reality, yeah. you might be struggling. Yeah. Look, probably Elon Musk is is the um, example of, you know, a guy can have anything he wants in the world, literally anything he wants in the world. But there are stories about Elon Musk sleeping in a sleeping bag on a floor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's driven by changing the world literally changing the world the world as as it is seen by most regular normal human beings he's driven by that and it so happens that he's picked up all these shiny objects along the way but actually you see that if you took all the shiny objects away he would still do what he's doing still have the same life you know and 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 that's again you know like you know what happens if you win the lottery and you never have to, you, you, you have financial freedom, as people like to call it? What happens if you, you know, get to a certain level where, where money is not, where money is no, no, no object? Well, there, there's, a, there's a load you can do to, to have purpose. Mm-hmm. There's a load you can do to give yourself a meaningful, <clears throat> a meaningful life, you know, charity, you know. I, I would love to spend my, my, you know, most of my week spreading the news or spreading the word of Brothers in Arms, getting in and helping people. You know, fortunately enough in my job as a personal trainer, I do. I'm yeah. plugging in with people's mental health daily, you know, um, and that really give, that, that makes it absolutely okay for me getting up and, and getting out to work and whatever. And again, you know, if I had that, if I achieved that level of, you know, financial freedom where I, I didn't have to work to earn money, I would probably still be doing largely yeah. what I'm doing now, which which is a very, very fortunate position to be in. You know, mm. a lot of people go to jobs that they hate and people do jobs because, you know, the guy next to them in school who had similar grades was like, yeah, I want to get into finance because I can make loads of money and be rich and cool and whatever it might be. But actually, they get to it and they get and they realise that the corporate world is a bit crappy, or mm. they get into the corporate world and they realise that it's just about drinking and it's just about taking drugs, and they go, "Geez, man!" Like literally, a pal of mine was working in Dubai and he was like, "I had to get out of this company. I left, and I had a three three month um, career break because all this finance company in Dubai was about was just going out and getting absolutely wasted and spending yeah. more money than each other every night." And he's in his mid thirties, and he's like, "It's not the lifestyle I want," mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, so yeah, those those are the the you know. It, it seems obvious, but I just don't think you can repeat it often yeah. enough. I agree. I, I had a friend. Uh, I won't name him, but I had a friend that went down to London. Actually, I've had quite a few friends that went down to London, and the he started for a finance firm. He was making a load of money. He was getting big bonuses. Yeah. He was out five days out of seven, yeah. and he was getting wrecked yep. and after two years he was just like i can't do this anymore yep. he's like i'm making more money that i know what to do with uh-huh. but i would literally be happier as yep. a fisherman g- yep. genuinely yep. um and, and not making as much money but being happy and p- at peace yeah. um with what i'm doing london is a tough place you know let, you know, let's use london as an example of you know uh how your mental health can slip really quickly and really easily mm-hmm. like i you know we've got several examples clearly between us where um 
you get brought to London by the shiny objects, you know. Um, a friend of mine was offered an apartment in Canary Wharf by their their, their firm uh, and uh, just to entice them down there because they had said, I don't want to come and live in London. Mm-hmm. Went down there to try it out for a month and was like, I am absolutely done. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, you're you're having to do it all. Because yeah. there's so much happening in London, having to do your job, which, which you know, look, if you're going to earn money, you're going to have to do some work for that. You're going to have to produce work for that. Mm. You don't just get to turn up at your desk and sit there for six, eight hours a day yeah. and then get paid six figures or more, you know. So you're having to produce work. You're having to, you know, stay up late, work or come into work early or whatever. But then you add on top of that, like you say, your four or five nights a week where you're going out and it's like, oh, client dinners, we've got to go and entertain our clients, we've got to blah, blah, blah. Or yeah. the clients are paying and, you know, it's just like champagne and this and that. And then the next bit, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I better take some of this white powder to keep me awake and keep me yeah. going. And, you know, I, I, before you know it, I've I, again, we've just clearly shared there several examples now it's not that london's the demon town it's just the example we're making um this is happening in cities all over the uk yeah yeah i I think a huge part of that though is the community aspect because i think a key a key part uh, of of maintaining good mental health is having a really tight-knit group of friends and people or family that you can talk to now in london especially from what i've heard and i've seen all right, I'm going to go for a client dinner. Oh, I'm going to go do, do this and see these new friends that I made. They're not actually your friends. Yeah. They're just there because you're probably going to take cocaine and you're probably going to get pissed. And that's it. And then as soon as you leave and you text them, oh, do you want to just chill out, chill out and, I don't yeah. know, watch a movie? Yeah. Nah, I'm going out to get like, yeah. wrecked. Yeah. Th- th- that's yeah. it. And, and yep. you kind of, because it's this really weird thing where London's such a big city with so many connections that you have none. Yeah. Whereas if you actually, uh, you know, create a concrete group of people yeah. that you feel genuinely comfortable with and you don't need to go out all the time and get pissed yeah. um, yeah. it's going to be more beneficial to, to to your health do you think there's a correlation between i know that statistically speaking women have bigger groups of friends and are more likely to talk about their issues to their friends do you think that has a direct impact on the the, the suicide rates being higher amongst men inarguably yes absolutely because the statistics say so yeah the statistics tell us so you know um you know suicide is the highest killer of men under 40 you know in the uk um we have in scotland we have the highest drug death rates you know and the vast majority of them are men um so as i say the answer to that is absolutely yes but again what use is that to somebody who wants to listen, who's listening to this podcast, thinking, what, what's, what, what's the actual help that I can get from this podcast? What are the, what are the points being made that I can mm. actually relate to, or I actually feel have a truth for me, you know? Um, and you know, so it's things that I see on social media, like you know, um, disappear from the scene for however long and see how much better your mental health gets you know and i go well i don't know like if i isolated myself i think that would cause some challenges for me but Mm. i think the point behind that is stop trying to be everything to everyone you know you're down there you want to have you know you're you're, you're there you want to have a successful career but you don't want to be the guy who goes home early or you know the person who's like oh no that i'm not doing that 
I'm above that, you know, mm-hmm. because people feel judged. You know, we we know ourselves from being in the pub, uh, either you know, either me being there and saying no, I'm not drinking tonight or whatever, or being in a group where you're all drinking and someone says they're not drinking, the the, the 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 number one purpose in our lives becomes make that person drink because yeah. it actually makes us feel bad that, that we're drinking. We're drinking, yeah. you know? So we're, we're bringing that down. So like I say, it's like, what's behind these memes? What 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 What's in that for me? How do I relate to that? Well, if you're somebody that would struggle with isolation, what you need to do is find a better group, you know? Mm-hmm. And... We're in a great place now. Again, you know, it's it's very, very easy to talk about uh, the downside of social media and, and how bad it is for our mental health. But look, I can pick up my phone right now and I can go, I want to go cycling with a group of people in Glasgow and I can probably find a group of people to go cycling in Glasgow with within five minutes. You know, I can find a group to go running with. I can find a group to go climbing with. I can find a group to go. So there's community yeah. out there. It's about tapping into the community. I've had, I am absolutely the non-expert, but I've had friends ask me, Gary, how how can I go out and meet a girl? Like, you can yeah. talk to anybody. How can I go out and meet a girl? I'm like, well, first of all, I've been married and in a relationship for over half my life now. Yeah. So I'm probably not the best person to give that advice. But if it was me in that situation, I would be going out and going, do you know what? I love cycling. So I'm going to go on a bike. I'm going to join a bike group. And there might be a nice person there that I might get chatting to. There might yeah. be a girl there that I like, you know, whatever. Go and do something that you would enjoy doing anyway. Yeah. And inevitably you will meet good people there. Yeah. And they're going to be more interested in the hobby, which may well have a couple of beers at the end of it or a couple of yeah. drinks at the end of it. But the main point is going to be the thing yeah. rather than just the drinking. Yeah. Because, it, you know, we've I think we've got a period of our lives where we can do that drinking because we're young, we're energetic, we're full of beans, whatever. Yeah. But um, it, it, in terms of, you know, we've talked a lot about younger people talking about people as they mature and they get to say their mid late 20s 30s whatever you, you you're going to have to find stuff that you enjoy away mm. from from drinking otherwise ultimately you are shortening your life i, th- I think that's so important as well that that exercise uh, aspect whether it's climbing cycling whatever it is that also builds your community while doing something positive for your body and your brain yeah um I think that's so important so that if you do have those, you know, a couple of beers on a Saturday night, at least you've done exercise during the yeah. week and, you, and you've been... You can bounce back. You know? Exactly. And how how would you say that, obviously you've talked there about men growing that community in terms of tapping into Facebook groups, yeah. Instagram, Instagram groups, whatever Same. it is. How do you think after they've built that community, they begin engaging in that conversation um, of, listen, I do feel a bit like shit. Um, I just I think I need to talk to you about it. How do they get over that stigma that most men have um, of not talking? Yeah, well, I think I think again, you know, it's it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum, and I, I find for men who know that they need to do something differently in terms of how they feel about themselves on a day to day basis. It's a spectrum, I, in my opinion. It's a spectrum. And that spectrum begins with being honest with yourself and saying, I actually have real mental health challenges and I feel that I need to do something about them. Otherwise, I am really going to get seriously depressed and that will result in either my needing medication to yeah. um, 
to to just feel okay day to day, which there is nothing wrong with. That is that's another way of you know being able to 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 get through your day. I'm not bashing that. Or my mental health is going to deteriorate to the point at which I feel that I my enjoyment of life across the board is becoming less and less. Um, or I, or or I get, or the next step, I'm thinking about self harming, or I'm thinking about taking my own life. Uh, Brothers in Arms, I think, is is to help the viewers of the podcast and the listeners of the podcast understand. I think there's a huge spectrum of help available to mm. men in Scotland and in the UK, uh, all the way from probably ourselves. You know, who we want to be the way before crisis, mm. the the people that help you check in and see how your mental health is. Mm. help you become aware when your mental health is declining uh help you maintain good mental health help you improve me- your mental health and actually get you know beginnings of therapy all the way up to you know samaritans breathing space who provide a crisis phone line which often is overrun yeah you know we've got some things in between which i'll just kind of quickly describe for people so i think brothers in arms is what we what we would like to believe is the low hurdle Mm -hmm. for men to start engaging in help for their mental health which is downloading our brothers in arms app and starting to track your feelings your thoughts on the app and then take the feedback that comes from the brothers in arms app to then decide what you do next sometimes it will tell you you should speak to one of our therapists of whom there are many, that there are a number available online to speak to one to one. So you would then be engaging in a one to one therapy situation, but it would be online. Yeah. And again, for me, doing that in the beginning of your mental health journey is easier than telling a loved one or, you know, looking up a therapist, phoning a therapy center, and saying I would like to book a therapy session because I feel depressed. I feel. Mm-hmm you know, content, always sad or I feel apathetic to life, uh, to then being able to, to then being in that little journey for a bit, to then be able to say, well, actually, do you know what? I'm going to reach out to a loved one or I'm going to say to a loved one or a person that's close to me, actually, I've been struggling, but actually this Brothers in Arms app has actually helped me mm. and I now want to um, maybe speak to other men about my issues and see where that that kind of... Uh, where my issues sit with other men or whatever. Yeah. So we have a fantastic um, male peer-to-peer support group called Andy's Man's Club, and it's run all over the country, and it is a peer-to-peer support group. It's a place where you go and you can speak to other men about your mental health issues, and mm-hmm. they're doing fantastic work. You then have, um, I recently, Brothers in Arms, we participated recently in something called um, the Men's Mantra council and it is um, a group of men who are um, feel disconnected from their fellow males and Mm. they are they do high level breath work they do um, some really quite uncomfortable and I don't say uncomfortable in a in a in a negative sense whatsoever but Mm. they do some quite uncomfortable work which allows men to connect to men again you know, mm. to understand that we are all brothers and that we're all here to support each other, and that we're all here to 
to to push each other on and whatever that yeah. community is growing that's called the men's mantra council um again can be found online so you start to see these these, these kind of different groups that are available that are offering help to men mm. you know when you go I want people, I want men to be, I want men to begin to understand what's available for help so that they can identify where they might best get help for themselves, you know, because some people might think, what the hell am I going to do putting my blooming details in a phone and starting to engage in therapeutic conversation on my phone? I'm, I, I don't like to do that. I want to speak to a person face to face. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's available go out and seek that you know um it's available via andy's man's club and all of these charities all of these um entities we're all pushing in the same direction and we, we we're collaborating and we're shouting each other out and we're uh sharing you know experiences and we're, we're we're crossing over with each other because we've all got the ultimate goal of not having men kill themselves you know yeah, I think I think that's uh, really really important, and having that initial, as you said, kind of low bar, um, before it gets to that crisis point, yeah. or before it gets to the medication point, yeah. um, or, or whatever whatever it might be. Well, what are your thoughts on kind of uh, med medication for anxiety and depression? And I think out of uh, experience with my friends and and loved ones, and uh, just generally talking to people. My opinion on them is that they're great for getting you over a period that you might be in a slump, mm -hmm. but I think essentially you're using a sticking plaster mm -hmm. that won't resolve the underlying issue. Yeah. Is that kind of what you think? I think that with with the huge amount of stigma that already exists around mental health, mm. any help that you're willing to accept to help your mental health is acceptable, mm. you know? So that includes medication. Um, but just as I've described doing something online where you do some personal check-in and you speak to maybe an online therapist, I would mm. hope, I would hope that for most men, there comes a step after that where they can speak face-to-face. -face. I would hope there comes a step, a step after that where they might be able to spread the word of what's available. Mm. So it's a step and it's a stage in a person's mental health journey is it useful for a person to be on medication long term? The argument I would say is probably not. You know, um, why are why do people uh, need to have long term medication? Um, because they have a health issue that's not reversible, so they need to have medication. We know that there is a lot of help out there that can make people that can take people from feeling very depressed and very lost and very adrift to mm. feeling quite connected, part of a community, okay in themselves and things like that. So, you know, I really hope that, that people take it as that. You know, we, mm. have to, we have to remember the NHS is largely very, very good, but ultimately when it comes to mental health, they are absolutely snowed under. They mm. do not have the capacity to deal with the amount of mental health cases that are coming their way and so very often when a person presents to a gp with a mental health issue they will be given medication because that's the fastest way for the medical profession to deal with somebody who presents with men mental health issues mm. they do you know brothers in arms app is is nhs approved the nhs are running adverts just now for another mental health group which just goes out of my mind at the moment 
Um, so they are looking for ways to engage, you know, uh, mm. and, and, and help people with mental health issues. As I say, you know, Brothers in Arms, we've done this link up with um, the Scottish Violence Reduction Unit, which is a government agency. We mm. will hopefully get to the stage where the training that we are giving to barbers that can be rolled out across many other professions will be fully funded by the Scottish government. So, you know, I think the easy thing is to sit back and say, oh, the NHS is not doing its job and it's not doing enough, blah, blah, blah. We have to understand, snowed under, there are fantastic people and individuals working within the NHS who are trying to do the best job that they can whilst being hugely under-resourced. Mm. You know? And it's free. I, I think yeah. people don't fully appreciate that it's a free thing that that's it. otherwise in America you'd be no. paying thousands That's it, that's for. it. That's it. Uh, we met a girl quite recently in, in, in Canada and she had Lyme disease mm -hmm. and for two years of her life she was undergoing serious medical um, uh, observation and, and, and treatment uh, in America and she was paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pounds. Yeah. In the UK that'll be free. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and people, listen, the, the NHS is in, in, in difficulty, so to speak, and, and there is huge queues, and, but the people that work there aren't bad people. It just might be unorganized and badly run from the top. It doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that the bad people are in, uh, involved. Uh, again, that's it. I just think it's, it's, it's easy to, you know, in the fitness industry, it's easy to use buzz phrases, you know, uh, it's easy to take the stereotypical, ah, oh, the NHS is broken and it's terrible and, you know, you good luck getting help with your mental health. Um, it's better to just delve into it a wee bit more, understand why it is the way it is and understand where you can get the help if you need it. Yeah. You know, because there are fantastic groups like ourselves, Brothers in Arms, like Andy's Man's Club, like the Men's Mantra Council, like, uh, you know, um, Samaritans who are trying to do the crisis help. Uh, breathing space are trying to do the the crisis the the, the crisis help you know that there, there are there are things out there um it's not that there's nothing out there yeah no for sure so yeah so there's, i think there's quite a few uh, facets that you went into there in terms of exercise building that community and um, getting help where needed before that crisis point which would be through see it. you have to see it as that gym for the mind you know yeah. like it's not weird to go and exercise now i understand you know i've seen a thing last week or so and it's like oh there's too many personal trainers in the world um and uh that's just totally untrue because they're something like 65 percent of the population do not exercise regularly yeah they yeah. need personal trainers to help them reg exercise regularly that 65 mm. percent of the population mm. you know so you know it just it, it you know looking at those statistics you, you 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 have to say there's much more that you can do to help yourself mm. but understand as well that it's it mental health is not a destination mental health is not a destination it is absolutely a journey mm. you're going to have times where you're feeling great and you're flying you're going to have times where you feel down and you need to support your mental health you need to do things that will allow your mental health to recover you know, and then you don't just get to sit in your little castle and go, oh, my mental health's great now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not. It's a passing thing. That's you know, there, it. there was a really great quote from Tom Hanks uh, and, he, and he went, this too shall pass. Oh. So what, whatever he's doing in life, he feels fantastic. He's just been paid a million pounds. Mm. It'll pass. Yeah. Uh, now he feels shit. Absolutely. It'll That's pass. It. And, and it's levels, you know, it's, it's, it's always, everybody's just on different levels, you know, of, of, of stress, anxiety, whatever it is, we all experience it. Mm. And we, we should all take, uh, 
personal responsibility to to do what we can to help ourselves. It's all fair and well asking others to help and hopefully that help is there when you reach out for it and you ask for it. But we have a personal responsibility as well to try and help ourselves, you know? Yeah, and I think I think of course there's that there's the first step of um uh, uh, and that low bar is set for going to the Brothers in Arms website or, or joining their community or the therapy, whatever it is you, you sort of need to do. But I think if, if someone were to go away and take direct action from this podcast, it would be tell a friend or a family member how much you appreciate them. And for that minute of awkwardness, you could change their life, Absolutely. literally. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's super, super important and actually telling your friends how much they mean to you totally yeah i'm on board with that i just want to jump in here really quick guys and say a huge thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast if you have ever taken any kind of positive influence away from this podcast if you'd please hit that subscribe button or like button five star button whatever it is wherever you are it really really helps us in the studio and it helps us get on the best caliber of guests this guest is really quite incredible and the fact that he's supporting a charity in his spare time is just truly inspirational to me so thank you guys yeah personal responsibility that's what it is it's absolutely personal responsibility in checking in with yourself and checking in with others Kirsty giles who has designed this training from the vru it's called reaching in training mm. it's about identifying when people need you to reach in and pull something out of them because our current way of being is just don't tell anybody, just don't say anything, just don't say anything, just don't pry too much, just don't go mm. too deep with people, you know, just keep it surface level. No, what we do want you to do is feel comfortable. Reach in and say to the person, are you okay? Are you thinking about harming yourself? Are you thinking about taking your own life? And just just that question and just having a connection with a person on that level could save their life yeah. could save their life it could go the opposite way as well where you say you know i really appreciate you i love you see you know going, going that hike with you i wouldn't do that with anyone said. else and, and for that person feeling uh, valued might be all they needed to hear that's it. it it could be it could be enough to save someone's life it could be enough for them to have that reassurance that somebody in the world cares about me, mm. somebody in the world values my interaction, my being with them, you mm. know, um, and and it, it's important. It's mm. really important, and it's it's, it's 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 not easy to do. It's simple to do, you know. Yeah. It's not easy. Nothing, you know, nothing that's worth anything. And here I go using a buzz phrase, but nothing that's worth anything is really really easy, mm. you know. These conversations are, are a bit hard, but the outcome of those conversations can be that you save a life. Yeah. And don't be a knob and then start going around and telling people you save people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> because we know people that do that. I'm this, that, the other, and they get on their box and you're like, yeah, that's not really what helping people with their mental health is about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about pulling accolades and being like, yeah, look at me. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I, uh, I went, uh, after I heard that, quote it was on a podcast about just telling people how much you appreciate them i was on a hike with one of my best pals called andrew we went to the most remote pub in scotland shit hike don't do it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, was, it was great it was really yeah, great 50k yeah. but yeah 
he's probably the only guy that I would ever do that do that with. Yeah, yeah. And after I thought, shit, I should have just told him that. Yeah. In terms of just, just yeah. and he might have just been awkward about it, yeah. but even still, it's making him aware mm-hmm. that um, you know it's a valuable friendship. It's huge, um, it's huge. Yeah, and I'm here for him as well as he's there, there for me. I started um, guiding on the West Island Way this year. Um, I've taken a few groups of clients, but I really, really next year want to have a group of men who do want to improve their mental health mm. and use the five to seven days of the West Island Way to really to really break down some barriers, talk about some issues, yeah. spend time alone walking in nature, which is massively therapeutic, um, thinking about things or maybe not thinking about anything, just mm. having to have a very, very basic goal of getting from A to B and going through some fantastic scenery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, um, hopefully, well, certainly I will develop that and uh, hopefully, you know, get groups of guys out doing doing that and then sharing their experience and, and building on that. It's, funny, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I think that uh, being out in the wilderness, out in nature, whether it's pushing it down, whether it's sunny, wh- whatever it is, especially for me, and I can only speak from personal experience, but it's, so therapeutic yeah. whenever there's you know there's tons of work we've got six videos to edit there's there's yeah. three podcasts going on we've yeah. got a backlog of stuff going on i'll i'll do the weirdest thing and i'll be like right i'm just i'm gonna climb a monroe at two in the morning yeah. and everyone's like yeah you're insane but actually that is my therapy because yeah. climbing up yeah. when you get to the top you think that's ah, not actually that big i can, yeah. I can get this done tomorrow totally. um and it does put things into perspective definitely definitely um i had a dinner once with mark beaumont the cyclist and we talked about, you know, he talked about the challenges that he had when he came back from long cycles, you know, which we're talking about like round the world cycles. Mm. And he's like, yeah, then I had to come back and I had to like get used to paying bills again. And I used to had to get used to the mundane tasks that you need to do in life. And sometimes they were stressful and sometimes they brought me down and made me my, my mood not where it might be. Mm. There is absolutely just something really, really um, powerful and having one goal, which is get up that mountain and get back down that mountain, get from A to B, which is a 20 mile journey. And and only that's my only goal for today. That's all I need to achieve for today. Uh, th- there's a huge amount of power in that. Um, and, and also a little bit of adversity as well. Having mm. sore feet, having, you know, breathing heavily, not knowing if you'll definitely get up there, you know, and, and, and get, you know, and, and safely, you know, return. Um, that sounds slightly extreme, but you know you get the you get the, the basics. Yeah. Um, the, 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 and and many 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 people will never have just experienced that. Mm-hmm. Just you know, like all I've got to do today is get from here to there, and 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 that's that. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough, but it's one thing I have to do. And at the end of it, I go, I've achieved what I set out to do today. When and, you've and, got 700 other little small tasks yeah. at home waiting for you to know that you achieved something on that one day mm. is really powerful, um, really. And no matter how small it might be, there's, there was a really interesting, all I do is listen to podcasts now. There was a really interesting podcast and they were talking about Navy SEALs and SES soldiers. And obviously when SES soldiers, uh, soldiers stop their service, <clears throat> so many of them go into extreme sports. Yeah hundreds of them and the podcaster was asking why this was the case and the soldier said when i'm in the field all i have to think about is that next door knocking down that next door yeah. knocking down that next. it's not taxes it's not going yeah. to the 905 yeah. which normally yeah. you know it's not it's there's no trivial 
anything. It's clear clarity in terms mm -hmm. of I need to do this one mm -hmm. thing. And the reason that they go into uh, extreme sports, skydiving or whatever it is, is because for that 10 minute period, all they need to think is about pulling that shit. Yeah. Um, and it's the clarity involved yeah. in yeah. doing that. That's it. And yeah, it makes complete sense. Uh, and uh, But it's also on the edge. It's on the edge a wee bit, you know. Mm. If I don't complete this, then, you know, if I don't get to where I need to be today, I'm sleeping outside and I don't have a tent yeah. and I don't have food and I don't have whatever. If I don't complete what I need to complete today, then I'm hitting the ground at terminal velocity and I'm yeah. no longer here. I am, you know, just what I've said, you know, if I don't get to where I need to be to sleep and to get food tonight, then that that that's it. There's no other option. There's no other out. Yeah. And and yep, yeah, I, I I totally get it. Yep. Yeah. Listen, I think we've we've covered a, a a ton, and I think if anyone is to leave this podcast with anything, it's to if you are feeling a certain way and you feel like you can't talk, um, head to the Brother in Arms website. Yeah, 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 or... absolutely. So Brothers in Arms Scotland, um, is our website, and there you can access a plethora of of help for your mental health, mm -hmm. including. Uh, the launch of the relaunch of our app, which will include what's called Blether, um, which is the, the sort of um, next evolution of our app, which includes AI. Um, so you will feel like you're having a you know human interaction. But what that's allowing us to do in terms of brothers in arms is that it means that we can really widen our net in terms mm -hmm. of the amount of men that we're able to help. We're going to be able to go from helping around upper limit 5,000 men per month to probably 10 times that, about 50,000 men per month, you know, uh, which is just huge for us because it means that really we can shout from the rooftops about signposting people to come and get help from us mm -hmm. and we don't need to worry about hitting an upper limit of how many men we can help, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we appreciate the, the platform and uh, it's not just about us, it's about everybody. We all have a responsibility for our own mental health but you know as as a society it's our responsibility to check in on the men in our lives and see that they're okay and and, and try to offer them an out if they if they need it offer the the help if if, if they need it no i think on a final note that's truly uh, it is quite inspiring seeing people that are working for the you know it's not all doom and gloom Pe people uh, are doing positive things within the space including yourself uh, and you. brothers in arms so i think it's truly inspiring and thanks so much for coming on yeah. talking about it no problem at all thanks a lot thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the into the mind podcast i understand that this is kind of an uncomfortable subject for people and it definitely has a stigma around it but i believe in talking about it we get rid of that stigma and if you are suffering from any kind of mental health issues please seek the right medical attention talk to your friends talk to your family people are here for you on a final note i appreciate every single one of you for watching this podcast i truly do thank you guys so much this is the into the mind podcast my name is harrison and i'll see you next time <laughs>